What's going on, everybody? This is James Grandmaster Facts Voice, and this is another episode of the Facts Project. Today, very special guest, Quentin Dorsey, creator of Knights of Abyss, Volume 1, and now in Kickstarter, Volume 2. Thank you for being here, brother. Hey, what's going on, man? Appreciate you having me, man. It's Q, writing, creating Knights of Abyss, and it's an honor to be on here. So I appreciate you having me, bro. I appreciate you, man, because like... um if it to to actually like to get into it, I've known about Knights of Abyss for a very long time. And the um the process of making this, as far as social media is concerned, and as far as like the ability and the time that you took to push this out, uh, a lot of people don't understand yeah. that story because uh, uh understandably so they'll come up with a with a concept and an idea, and maybe within six months' time they're ready to push out their comments. You actually took a, a very long approach in putting this together. If you could talk about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, for me, um, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist. So when it comes to just not just getting on social media, like I spent my undergrad and graduate school studies like writing story. Uh, so it really took me about like eight to 10 years even like got to a point where I was like, all right, the story is is where I wanted to be or it's good enough because I still do rewrites even to this day. Right. And I was like, all right, let me let me let me get online and let me see what's going on with, with some of these artists. But like you ask my dad, like he'll tell you, because he always jokes to me, like, I when you ever gonna put out that the greatest story never told because <laughs> I'm writing it for, for all these years. But you know, with with my approach with um with with uh, I guess like presenting it on Instagram, um I wanted to introduce the characters first um, and like how people's reactions were to it first. So if you follow me from, if you follow me from the beginning, I used to just do memes before I really had characters. Like I would uh -huh. just do like, like comedy or whatever. And then when I was like, all right, I started making a transition. Um, I just started doing like character bios for like each of the characters in the story. Um, and I was just gauging people's reaction and seeing how they, how they, um, gravitated towards certain characters and then after that I just did uh I pretty much went with one artist for for that mindset and then I went with what I call like the A or S class artist um for the second set but the thing is since since that when I when I gave the S class or A class artist those those designs that are pretty much already done they just put their spin on it and it just came out like really 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 good so I think it helped with uh I guess for people who are just watching, they got to see the process. Like that, I was actually trying to put in like real work and effort into like presenting the world of, of KOA. Yeah, that's kind of like how I saw it because as far as those character designs, like every single one that you were putting out caught yeah. traction. Like immediately, yeah. like like as far as like the character designs for Knight, the yeah. character designs for Hiroshi X, uh, the yeah. character designs for Emperor um, Endless. It, yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Uh, Attilus, Attilus. Attilus. Emperor Attilus. Yeah, so like, yeah. like you, you saw these characters, and I'm like, man, all this shit looks dope. So like you, yeah. you almost like just basically through the art, you were wondering as to how this story was going to come together. And uh, essentially, the big part of it was like just reintroducing it to everybody. How big of a social media following through possibly just Instagram and Facebook did you attain before you actually like started putting this comic together? Um, damn, I would say, yeah, it was like 20K. Yeah, mm. following. Yeah, yeah, because it was, it really was Corona, man. It was like, 
Because mm -hmm. I finished, so I finished, I finished writing a KOA in 2019, um, and COVID happened 2020. So I'm like, damn, second house, the story's done, and I'm like, all right, well, I don't got no more excuses. Let me, let me, let me go for it. So I just hopped online. I started figuring out. I read a book on like how to beat the Instagram algorithm. It was written by these two uh, black guys who work at Instagram. Mm. Um, they released it in like, I think like 2018, 2017, something like that. So I read it and I just started implementing all the strategies that they were saying in the book and right. yeah, shit worked. It just, it just took off. And, um, and yeah, people, people started following it and I was able to get a pretty decent following, uh, before I even, before I even, um, was really working on the, on, on, on volume one. Um, mm. so yeah, it's pretty much a year. I spent a year. Uh, just marketing and promoting, basically. Yeah. What would you um, say was the reactions to the character designs that you were putting out? Ah, oh, man, it was crazy, man. Like, I, dog, it was crazy because everybody. It seemed like people gravitated towards uh, 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 certain characters. Like uh, Hiroshi X was the one that went viral, though. Like Hiroshi X was the one that went viral. That shit went crazy. Like, yeah, Hiroshi X went crazy. That's when people was DMing me. And yeah, but everybody liked a lot of the characters, but it was Hiroshi X that took everything. And you know what's crazy? When I was writing that character, I was like, man, he's gonna be the most popular character. So I was like, yeah, this is a cool character. So okay. I kind of knew that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You kind of get that. Like, cause yeah. like he's I mean, as 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 much as he is a protagonist in, in the book, like yeah, he looks intimidating. Yeah, yeah, nah, nah, he's official. I mean. The, the inspiration behind it, clearly uh, Hiroshi X to play on Malcolm X. Um, mm. And the, the group that he leads, the organization X, they're playing on the Black Panther Party. So I, I, I can tell you are intellectual. So you're, 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 you're definitely a historian. Right. So you know that the Black Panther Party for Self-Defense uh, was created uh, after, after Malcolm was assassinated in 65. So yep. uh, essentially their entire philosophy was walking in the spirit of Malcolm. So you know, when I was creating the character and creating all this, I was like, damn, it would be cool to have like a new version of obviously he's not he's not Malcolm because it's a it's a story, but he, you know, he's he's walking in that spirit and then organization X, their group, they're a group that's aimed to uh, liberate all vulnerable people in like the world of abyss. So, you know, I just felt like that's something that um that black people in general can really relate to because you know, oftentimes it's like people act like it's a bad thing to talk about Malcolm. It used to be. Now it seems like it's getting more like people. Yeah. It's like for, I remember being in school, we didn't learn about Malcolm X. It was like, you know, hmm. it was like the boogeyman or something. So, <laughs> you know, I, I do think, I do. So a, a part of what I want to do is make sure that, you know, we turn our heroes into heroes in, in that setting. So. Got you. And for all yeah. this, all this artwork that you put out, like what introduced you to the art style? Was there anybody specific that started working on your projects? that stood yeah. out and that you still yeah. work with to this day? Yeah, yeah, my uh, my boy, Jacob Noble. Yeah, so I remember um, I hit up Jacob, uh, I wanna say it was 2000 and, yeah, it was, 2000, it was 2019, the end of 2019, um, I hit him up and I just wanna see how he would do my characters because I just mm -hmm. wanna see if it fit. And because I looked at his style, and I was like, he has like a like an anime aesthetic type style. I was like, you know, mm -hmm. that will work because that's what I'm going for. So I DM'd him, hit me back. 
Uh, he did the first cover. He did the first cover that he did the first cover that I actually used as like like my launch pad, saying that like, all right, this is KOA, and this is what I'm trying to do. And now, if you go on my page, I swear it was 2020. I think it was December or January. It was either December or it was like January 2020. Like, all right, this is what I'm gonna do. Try to get this done, bam, and that was it. Um, and, and so he was supposed to a bigger job. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, damn. So I'm like, all right, bro. Uh, when you think you're gonna be done? He's like, oh, I won't be done until the fall. So I'm like, well, all right. Well, I'll just promote and market all the way through into the fall. So the fall comes, and he still um, was caught up with this other thing. So I'm like, damn. So I was in a really bad predicament because I'm mm-hmm. like, damn. I I got all these people that's like, yo, where's where's it at? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, right, over right here, yeah. So I ended up having to um. I I worked with another artist, K Wok Six from uh from South Korea. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a great artist. And I was like, hey, you think you could pick up the project? And she was like, Yeah. So, and then she put she put volume one together. But but me and Jacob, we circled back and now he's the one that's doing volume two right now. So got you. Got yeah. you. So what compelled you? Because um volume one is pretty much two two stories in one. And I'm gonna yeah. guess that volume two is also the same way. What compelled yeah. you to, to basically put this out almost as a cra- as a graphic novel rather than yeah. single 22 issue comic? Uh the feel. Like I don't I don't really like the paperback feel. So mm. when I like I was testing stuff out. I mean, I'm a comic reader too. So you yeah. know, I was like, man, I don't really like the feel. Then also I felt like you're not telling enough of the story. I always wanted to wanted to tell enough of the story so I can keep people interested. So I always, I was just like, yeah, I'm just gonna go with with something that's more, you know, perfect buying because and it just felt better, it felt better, looked better. Uh, I could tell more of the story, so it just made more sense to me. True, true. So to get into, uh, let's get into volume one real quick. Uh, yeah. As far yeah. as the synopsis of the story, um, mm-hmm. Knight and his two parents, of course, are living on the island of hope. Um, yeah. All of a sudden literally disaster strikes immediately they're 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 sitting there at a village tournament and all hell just breaks loose Mm -hmm. so all this is like pretty much out of nowhere this collective of like well let's just say emperor attilus and his crew immediately just jump into action and they're murking everything in sight go crazy yeah right so then like pretty much like uh, Knight's parents pretty much had act on to the fact that where, yo, we got to get Knight out of here. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, he don't want to leave his parents, you know, like is, is definitely a young rambunctious kid. He's pretty much on the on the, the verge of his 17th birthday. So yeah. like he's just hitting adolescence and he, he hits the helicopter. His parents stayed behind. Yeah. And they pretty much figure out the last thing that they have to do to make sure that, like, they're not being followed, that Knight can pretty much go on to live his life is detonate the entire damn island. Yeah. Why? That's a good, that's a good synopsis. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, you're right. So the story starts where, you know, Knight is on a version 17 birthday, um, having a good time. Uh, and then, this mysterious group known as the collective invades, mm-hmm. right? They're invading for a reason. I can't say why, but yeah. remember, it's the ancient abyss island, ancient abyss island of hope. Now, if you remember on the first, it's like the first page, there's like a prophecy on there. 
and it alludes to someone called the awakened one. You know what? And I, it, at both times that I've read it, I've skipped past that part. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> Damn. So I missed, I missed that completely, yeah. but pretty much, I mean, we're, we're looking at, we're looking at night oh, and, and no, he was not having fun because he got beat up. He got knocked out like in the yeah, tournament. <laughs> Yo, so like Tasha, Tasha, Tasha got them hands. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and you, you know what? I have a question. Yeah. What is to become of Tasha? I mean, oh, man. You know what I'm saying? Because like, I mean, hey, I, you know, I, I saw a body, but I did not see a death blow. You know, you have a keen eye. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, volume two gets into what happened to Tasha. If Tasha's dead and she's alive. Yeah, you know, maybe Knight isn't the only survivor. You know, oh, okay, she could have, she could have made it out somehow. But, but no. But getting back to your initial question of like why they they blew it out, and I, people, a couple people did DM me asking me that, like, yo, why they blew it out? Why did they leave? It's like, well, there's a reason. Like, if you when 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 he says we can't let them, when when his dad uh, Alderon says we can't let him leave with it. He's alluding to something. There's something on the island that mm -hmm. they can't allow him to leave with. Right. Which you do find out what it is, or we get into that uh, in volume two. Uh, but yeah, there was a reason why they they uh, annihilated the entire entire island. Yeah, because I, I come to realize that Emperor Attilus, when he first arrived on the island, he mm -hmm. kept on saying target one, target two. Yeah, yeah. I noticed, okay, I was thinking to myself, okay, target one more than likely has to be Knight. Yeah, correct. But he was like, when he was mentioning target two, it didn't really allude to anything. I was thinking it was Natasha at first, but you know what I'm saying? That kind of like ended just in that, that one little split second fight. So I was yeah. like, okay, what does this allude to? But to, to, to further beyond this question, as far as like, what is the East and West empires as it pertains to this story? Yeah, so the East and West uh, Abyss empires are the two, you could say, ruling empires of the story of Abyss, right? Mm -hmm. So where where Neo and Ruby are at, they're kind of like in the center, which is called like the Forgottens or like the outskirts, right? So mm -hmm. it's this idea where you have two warring empires who obviously are going to war with each other. And the people who are just caught in the caught in the middle and caught in the crossfire are always constantly just in a, a constant state of like like peril. So mm -hmm. that's so Emperor Attilus, he rules uh, the east of this empire. Mm, uh, okay. I can't say he rules the west, but we do get into okay. that. Okay. Not yet. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna take it uh to say that the, at one point in time that there was like a civil war that divided both these empires. Hmm. I want to say a civil war, but it was something that happened. Um, something that happened that that created the, I guess you could say, the paradigm of of what's going on uh, currently in, in the world. Um, Got you. Okay. So, um, as far as all right, so Knight's now on the helicopter. Yeah. He arrives. We do well uh, for for those of us that like that we're looking at. We were like, okay. He's just pretty much going to end up where he's going to end up. And we get introduced to Ruby and Nail. Mm -hmm. Who are they? So Ruby and Nail are war orphans. Um, mm -hmm. 
And where it stands at right now in the story, they basically are just taking care of a bunch of orphan children who are also war orphans. Um, and they're, they're dealing with a situation where um, there's, there's a Power Inc. corporation that hoards all the medicine, all the food. So they're pretty much like Robin Hoods at, at this point in the story where they're pretty much just surviving and trying to take care, try to take care of their, their children. So um, at the end of volume one, you see um, Knight quickly dispatches some, some folks who are, who, are, who are running down on like an elderly guy and yeah. Ruby, Ruby sees him and she sees an opportunity to, to use Knight to, to help with, with getting, getting the resources, food and medicine. Yeah. Um, Cause I, I was almost compelled to like, ask like where, where they, they, they all know each other because yeah. when they saw Knight, you know, it was like, they were happy to see him. Yeah. Even well, though, that's even yeah. though probably they did not know what had just happened. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they they don't know, but in the story, volume two, like you'll see how they get introduced and everything. So, but yeah, yeah. So pretty much, Ruby entered. Ruby tries this. Ruby steals Knight's necklace and pretty much like blackmails him into helping her uh, liberate some food and some medicine from from Power Inc. Basically, and gotcha. then when they go back, when they go back to um, their uh, the orphanage, then that's when he meets uh, Neo. And then, you know, some things happen right there. And then you kind of, kind of uh, move forward from there. So, okay. So uh, the pretty much the, the head quote of this entire, entire uh, storyline is solving the mystery of the night of abyss. What, what do we think that that like pretty much uh, pertains to as far as solving the mystery of the night of uh, night of abyss? Huh. Now that's something I don't know if I can because I, I man, hey, that might be too much. It, yeah, the yeah. night of this is it's so it's an ancient prophecy, but I can't really say too much more about what it is. But mm -hmm. in volume two, we do we do explain what's going on with night being the waking one, and you know this night of this thing. It we do get into that to a certain extent, but as far as like what it is. How they found out about the privacy? What's going? I can't. Uh, nah, Got I can't really. I can't really say that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, where where does Organization X play into this, and why is Hiroshi X showing up now? So, Organization X are and Hiroshi X are pretty much the folks who are like fighting the good fight prior to to I guess Knight, Neon, Ruby coming in coming into the fold. Okay. Um, as far as um, what their involvement is with, with stopping the prophecy, um, uh, let's just say that they're, they're the OGs of the story, right? And there's a couple more people who are fighting the good fight. And, you know, Knight, Knight was hidden away on that, that island for a reason. So okay. it, it all comes full circle to, to why he was hidden away on that island, what's actually going on, and what's the next steps he had to take. Uh, moving forward. Okay, so is it safe to say that Hiroshi X and Emperor Attilus have history? Yes, they do know each other. <laughs> I would think they so. They know each other, yes. They know, they know each other. But there's another character that's not going to be revealed in this one, but if you saw Amilita Supreme, wait till you see her and mm. her involvement. Gotcha. Got you. So uh, 
of course, looking at the concept of this book and seeing uh, the cover pages and pretty much the the inside covers and everything. If you yeah. could explain how anime has shaped your comic book writing and what you actually wanted people to see when they open up these pages. Yeah. Oh, man. Anime is everything, man. Like, like, I'm a huge fan of, like, just fantasy stuff in general. But, mm -hmm. you know, I would say growing up, we started watching, like, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, like, as a kid. Then it was, like, Batman animated series, Superman animated series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited, Batman Beyond, um, shit, I, Street Sharks, Dexter's Lab, whatever, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so those are, like, the, the first earliest influences. And then my uncle, shout out to my Benji, he, he introduced me and my brother to, uh, to Ninja Scroll. We were kids. Oh. We didn't know what. So, you know yeah, what? I so, was going to say that this yeah. reminded me of, of that, but okay, go ahead. Yeah, so we like, what is this? And that was our first introduction into like anime. And it just blew our minds, like, because it was just so much better. Like, it was crazy. So mm -hmm. um, then after we just went down the rabbit hole with Dragon Ball Z, um, Shaco Gios, Woman Alchemist, um, uh, Death Note, Big O, um, G Gundam. Um, you, you Hakusho. Oh yeah, man, you went down the rabbit hole. Uh, Roni, Roni Kenshin, um, Roni Warriors, man, everything. Like so, those were really the biggest influences. So when I was creating a story, I'm always writing it from a perspective of like how like anime stories are written. Like I always looked at anime as I feel like with Marvel and DC they're kind of trapped in a box to a certain extent. Like mm -hmm. no one can be stronger than Superman. No one can be smarter than Batman, whatever. And it's like, it's kind of, I feel like they're trapped in anime. It's like you can create just these new stories that have nothing to do with any other universe that's completely free. And you can also touch on topics that, that you, you want to touch on. I feel like anime is, is a lot of like, uh, like intellectual writing that comes from a lot of, a lot of the, the good anime. Like Code Geass to me, Kogi is a very deep philosophical, like if you ever seen it, it's very deep. It's not like something that you can, you gotta watch it a few times to really catch a lot of stuff that they're talking about um, and how they're, how they're doing it. So when I was writing my stuff, I was like, man, I wanna make sure, you know, people can take something from it, they can grow from it, it'll make them think. And, you know, I think, I think that's, that's one of the reasons why anime influenced me the most while I was, while I was creating KOAs because it is, it's something you can really learn from anything about watching it's like that made you think that you can break like any limits because that's pretty much what goku is he's a limit breaker right so right. and he also was like man you got to work hard for stuff you know because he didn't start out with just everything so you know i would say i would say yeah man i think i think you know anime plays such a huge influence because it helped me in life so when i was creating a story I, I always wanted to make sure i'm doing something like like in that in that spirit it's true and and I feel like uh, a lot of well, not to say a lot of creators are definitely going that route. And you can tell where the anime influence, especially from, I say, from the early 2000s on down, like where they've where they've utilized that influence and putting it inside their books has definitely helped and shaped them a ton as to how they're like moving forward. So how would you say how much of the, the, the storyline has been written so mm -hmm. far? You've done volume one, you've done volume two. Like how much, how much further could this go? Oh, story's done. It's like three seasons, uh, about 
episodes. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, nah, the story's done. I still do rewrites. I rewrote season one like three times. I rewrote season two like twice. I'll probably rewrite season three or yeah, I probably will. But um, but yeah, nah, the story, the story's done. I still go in and I make like little for me, I'm big on like fortune. I don't know how like like all writers like uh, Kishimoto from Naruto can literally write that shit every week and do all that foreshadowing to me that's like yeah. that's crazy for me i need to like that's actually that's like an amazing talent. he might be a genius like i don't know how you do that because he you know he was writing like that story like just weekly yeah and foreshadowing with all this stuff that's crazy so yeah he, he almost, i just think that didn't work for me yeah he writes in like uh-huh. time jumps almost like there's segments yeah. of the story yeah. there's like the main storyline and then pretty much the precursor yeah. and the preludes that are all the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah. That's rough. I I honestly that didn't work for me. So <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I can't do that, bro. Like, my brain don't work like that. So mm-hmm. I was like, man, I it, it 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 helped that I was able to write uh like a season and write another season and then go back and add elements from season two and season one and just so it's like a real cohesive thing and stuff actually makes sense because i i caught myself reading some stuff and i was like damn something no damn sense <laughs> i'm like all right so that's why i was like yeah let me make sure i finish the story go back do everything so everything comes full circle and that that's uh yeah so that's that's why it took me so long writing but but yeah yeah story stories don't know do you feel like there's a character in this storyline that's going to become a fan favorite that isn't necessarily the 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 leading the story night or better yet he, he, even the antagonist with uh emperor Attilus. you feel you feel like there's gonna be there's gonna be a personal fa- a fan favorite that everybody pretty that has has been digging you about that nobody knows about uh oh that nobody knows about um yeah she's on the page i think uh i think karina karina i've seen and, it yep yeah I, I think karina and who caught somebody's eye very very interesting person's eye mm-hmm. i'll tell you offline i don't know if i can't I can't can't expose who that but well, well, well it's funny because like i saw you recently post that the the game basically put yeah. you know put hiroshi x as yeah. as his avatar on on yeah. on, on ig and it, i mean bro, yeah well to, to to know uh, that your story has gotten that far yeah that you're you're that one of your characters mm. is pretty much in a celebrity's avatar that he's seen it and has yeah. loved it so much. He'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to just put this shit on my page. It, <laughs> and the thing is, it's not a, even a post. Yeah. It's his, you know, it's there. Yeah. yeah. Regardless of what he posts. Yeah. Nah, facts, man. Uh, I mean, you know, God is great, man. I do. You know, I try to stay as spiritual as possible. I pray a lot. I meditate a lot. And I just try to put as much work as possible behind what I'm doing. So, you know, uh, whenever stuff like that happens, I'm definitely grateful. But I do, like I said, I do think that everything, it, it, it is written. So, you know, um, but no, nah, it's definitely a blessing. And um, yeah, the crazy story. So he had DM me. Like, it was wild. Like, no Sunday. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So he DM me on Monday. What was it? What was it yesterday, right? Yeah. So <laughs> he DM me, he DM me Monday. Um, and he was like... He was like, yo, this is fire or whatever. So I'm like, I'm waking up and I'm like, looking, I'm like, what? I'm like, hold up, who's this? <laughs> I'm like, no way. Cause I'm thinking it's like a fake page or whatever. 
So I'm like, oh shit, I was the game. So now we had quick combo. But now he just on me, he rock, he rock was gone or whatever. But yeah, Hiroshi X was the was the most popular, popular character oh. that 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 he liked. But but there's another guy. Mm-hmm. There's another dude, famous actor. Can't say who it is. Okay. But it was Kareem is the one who caught his eye. So oh. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like there's more characters that I think are, or to me. My favorite character is Karina. It'll be it's between Karina and 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 the Supreme. Like those are my favorite characters. But mm. you know, I think I think once you get to see more of the characters and see like their personalities and all that, I don't know. Some things might, but who knows? Everybody loves Hiroshi X, so it's true. Like so, <laughs> so now now that it's the summer and it's basically yeah. it's basically con season. And yeah. not to say that we're, you know, completely out of the pandemic, but we're definitely more resolved to basically out be out in public. Like, have you gotten a chance to be at the cons to basically push your book as much as possible and to actually go out there and play politician and shake some hands and kiss the babies to get your book yeah. out there to the public? Yeah, yeah, man. I've been I've been rocking and rolling since January. I've been already been like eight, eight or nine. Yeah. So I've been I've been everywhere, man. I was at Fan Expo. Um, I did uh, what was it Galaxy Con. Um, I just did Awesome Con. Um, did a few art shows. Um, I did Geek Them. Um, man, I've been I've been everywhere. I'm doing uh, so I'll be at uh, was it Dream Con? Yeah, uh, next. Yeah, yeah, I'll be there next next month. Um, it's a Garden State Comic Fest, I think, in Jersey. Yep. Okay. Are uh, you in Jersey? I'm okay. in Jersey. Oh shit. All right. We got a link. We got a link. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll be in um was it Otacon um at the end end of July and uh Baltimore Comic Con, of course. That's right down the street yeah. for me. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to get into anime <laughs> NYC. Um Okay. Yeah, but I, I, I doubt I'll get into the to the like New York Comic Cons. I know it's hard to get in there, but Hey, the the one uh, the one thing I can say about uh, spots like New York Comic Con, uh, yeah. being how there's a big community of, of course, black indie comic book creators. One thing that they've done, if one of them gets a table, like if they've always like they've they've had the opportunity to link up with somebody that's like freshly starting out that wants to push their books, you want to share a table. Mm, yeah, they do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I need that. I've, I've said I've seen a couple cats like do uh, do that with a with a lot of cats. Just you know, come on in. We'll share the table. You do your thing. You know, yeah. there's there's a lot of cats that do that. I mean, um, I'm sure since the pandemic, you've you've definitely uh, have gotten to because I feel like in in 2020, a lot mm. of a lot of indie comic book creators got a chance to meet firsthand because we were all at home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we were all networking, whether whether yeah. we were seeing each other or not. So generally, when the con started to open back up, it was like it was like gangbusters. It was like, all right, cool, let's link. Yeah, nah, <laughs> you know nah, that, that, yeah, nah, was definitely, yeah. Nah, I ran, I ran into a few guys uh, at the cons. Um, I ran into uh, uh, Delta Dogs. Um, yeah, yeah, I ran into him. Uh, cool dude. I ran into Immortal Dark Manga. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them. They got a Kickstarter, I think, coming tomorrow. So yeah, definitely shout out to them. Um, shit, I ran into um, uh, Concrete Comics. Um, yeah, Lonzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 
it's a few it's a few people um can't remember everybody but nah i ran i ran so a lot of people everybody's pretty cool too so Definitely. it's good to link link with other like creators and just you know i don't know complaining about artists and shit so yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah like everybody do it's like everybody get together we just all complain about the artists like yeah, oh, we all need to write God. a book <laughs> it, it, yeah it's, it's it's a communication process that not a lot of people are uh are attained to i mean but the thing is shout out to artists we realize that you know what i'm saying yeah, aside yeah, from no, the story <laughs> yo they got they got a hard job on their hands. But one, because, you know, they're constantly being bickered at as to like how a character is supposed to look, how the background is supposed to look, how a setting is supposed to look. Yo, the panel's too big, the panel's too small. Those type of deals. I feel for them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it happens. You know, so, um, so wait. So you're, you're pretty much almost, uh, you're almost at your goal. I think, what, yeah. $125? $105? Yeah. I think so. I be trying not to check it, bro, because that should be getting like stressful. Really. Ah, you you know what, man? Look, <laughs> it happens. Look, I can tell you right yeah. now. Look, you're you're at nine eight ninety five. So you see, you you okay. almost there. Almost there. Right. Literally, like what a hundred and five bucks. <laughs> you know, so I'm gonna yeah. say congratulations in advance because you're pretty much gonna gonna hit your goal with fifteen days Appreciate left. You. Word. You, um, as far as the stories that you like to do outside of Night of Abyss that you've, yeah. that you've always wanted to do, any genre, yeah. what comes to mind? Uh, I have another one written. Um, it's a, uh, I'm calling it a conscious comedy. It like walks in the spirit of the boondocks. Um, oh. But it's it's like highly politically charged. The idea, because you know the boondocks is pretty much like trying to raise like, raise the consciousness of people and like just a comedic, like format or whatever right so mm -hmm. i'm pretty much doing something like that but um but yeah i don't know i don't know how people is going to receive it so and plus i don't really want to get like i could even put it on instagram because i was pretty sure i would get shadow banned or you know reported uh, or whatever so i don't i don't know if i'll put it on instagram i think and i think my goal is once i get koa situated and i feel like i'm like a safe zone then i was like all right i'll put it out okay know? Yeah, I think look, look I feel like um I feel like with KOA you basically had in a great strategy in order to get yeah. a lot of people's eyes onto it. And yeah. it not to say that like doing a conscious comedy would be directly far left from what you're currently doing, but yeah. they would be like they would be like, damn, yo. <laughs> I didn't expect that from him, but okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? That's why I was like, man, I don't know. Maybe I should wait. Uh, look, look, yeah, look, I'll, you, I'll, I'll get, I have a couple pages. I'll DM you the pages just to see uh -huh. what you think about it or whatever. But yeah, I, I got to keep it under wraps. So uh -huh. you, you it, might, is, it is funny, though. So you, you might have to put that out at, with <laughs> with an alias to it. You know what I'm saying? So we be yeah. like, it was like, oh yeah, this is this comic coming. I don't know who did it. This like a, <laughs> his name is, is Quentin X. You know, like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to give yourself an alias so they know it's not you. And then you just reveal yourself. It was me the whole time. It was like, you know what? <laughs> see, you know what I'm saying? That might be a good idea. Uh, I'm going to try that. Yeah. Perfect. That's funny. So, so yeah. uh, brother, I appreciate you doing this uh, doing this with me. Um, definitely uh, for, for anybody out there that wants to, that has not seen your, your work in the past, and mm -hmm. once to get their hands on Knights of Abyss, what would they have to do? Um, 
uh, my Shopify store is on um, the IG page. Uh, actually, no, because I got the, the Kickstarter link up. Uh, yeah, just DM me. But um, after, when the Kickstarter is over, the Shopify page will be back up. So, you know, okay. just click on click on the link and yeah, it'll be there. Or just Google, not even this. Some shit pop up. Got you. Got you. Hopefully. So, from James Grandmaster and Facts Voice, Quentin Dorsey from Knights of Abyss, thank you for being here, brother. And we are out. Thank you.